Welcome to the Boston Sports Syndicate Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Travers. With me, I have Boston Sports Syndicate Editor-in-Chief, Bill Travers. Hey, everybody. How's it going, Bill? Going good. How are you? I'm good. So, this might be a little different for some people. You know, it, it's a, a the, the name is a little different here. We get, we get the, uh, the Boston Sports Syndicate. If this is your first time hearing of us, welcome. If not, you're probably wondering, what's going on? So... We have made a change, obviously, and we're gonna be we're gonna be the Boston Sports Syndicate podcast going forward. And I'm gonna ask you, Bill, because you were involved in the in the previous endeavor, and now you're involved in this one as well. What do you think is gonna make this one a little bit different than than the last one? I think what's gonna make this different is because we are a syndicate, and that's the key to the name. We are gonna bring more people in, get more voices on the podcast. Uh, we're gonna tap into our team of writers that we have on our website, and we want to bring many different opinions to our listeners, not just uh, two. So <laughs> that is where we are going to be different. So basically you got sick of hearing about about just my opinion, and, and you want to hear other people's voices. No, we want to get as many p- opinions as possible. There's, there's a lot going on in Boston sports, and we want to hear what's what people are thinking. I like it. With that being said, let's jump right into right – into our first episode, and uh, we just we just finished watching the Patriots play Oof. the Dolphins. That was a brutal one, and I think everybody just kind of got left saying, "What happened? What just happened? What? I mean, how did that just happen?" Yeah, explain to me what you what you saw in the last play of the game because obviously that's where you have to start is right there at the end. So yeah. tell me what you saw. I just saw a total breakdown. Uh, this team has struggled tackling all year. And especially in this game, I noticed a lot of the defenders on some of the short passes were just taking really bad routes, uh, getting bad angles on the on the receivers, and just missing tackles. And that's what happened on that final play was people just had bad angles, and they just got outrun. And it's not something that you would expect from a Patriots team. This whole game kind of, I, I, the whole game was kind of boring to me. I don't, I don't necessarily know why I feel that way, but the whole thing was boring from start to finish, and it felt like the Patriots had multiple opportunities where they could, they could put this game away, and they failed. They did, uh, it, which usually happens in Miami. Now, I didn't think this one was as bad as some of the games in the past. I thought they looked a lot better. I thought, other than some lapses from the defense, I thought they controlled things fairly well. Um, there was a lot of positives in this game that I saw, that I took, but... They just a, a few mental lapses, and ultimately that's what cost them. I guess you saw a lot of things coming from from the Patriots team that you don't normally see. Like at the end of the first half, they failed to get points in in a in a situation where right it seemed like it seemed like it was a no brainer that they were going to get points. There was poor clock management, which you never see. There were some penalties that you never. There were some undisciplined penalties that you really never see from a Patriots team, and. Uh, I mean, leading up to this game, the whole week you heard about the struggles in Miami, the struggles in Miami. Do you think that there's like there's there's ghosts in that stadium no, for these I, Patriots? I don't think not in this game. I didn't see it in this game. I mean, other than what reeled up on the last play, but I thought overall they played pretty well. Um, I think this is the best I've seen Brady play this year, by far. I, I thought he had some Christmas on crispness on his throws. Um, he looked really good. Um, Third down efficiency, I think, was the best that they've had all year uh, as far as converting third downs. So they did some really good things. Special teams with the two block punts, which is what set up them set them up uh, right at the goal line at the end of the first half. Yeah, but then they don't take advantage but th- of but it. But then they squandered it, and that was all on Brady. He held the ball too long and took the sack. He, you know, He's known for he, – he knows how much time he has left. He's got that internal clock, knows when to get rid of it, and he just spaced out on that play, and that cost him three points, which – you could say cost them the game. Sort of. You have a missed field goal. You have a missed right. extra point. There's there's a lot of like, – it just felt like it was an, an undisciplined game. The defense was horrible. I mean, yeah, sure, maybe the offense looked better than it's looked in, in you know, in the past. But as far as, like, as far as a whole team effort, I don't think it was a good one. You know, and, and, and Especially you, for the defense. Yeah, you listen Especially to Belichick in the, the three phases of the game, and I think that the only one that they were actually decent was the offense. But even the offense, I, I mean, that that end of the first half thing was, was, a, was a big – Play and we said it even while we were watching the game. That's that's very very unpatriot like. That's you don't see that from a from a Bill Belichick coach Tom Brady ran offense where they they just 
they almost seem like they were the, the Lions or the or the Jets where they do, they don't they don't understand what they're doing right. and and you get the breakdown. Um, the other big story coming into the week was was you know what's up with Gronk? Is he is he hurt? Is he uh, injured? Uninter- uninterested? You know what what is going on with Gronk? What did you see from Gronk in this particular game? Do you think it was an improvement from from the standpoint of Gronk, or do you think that uh, you know it's it was just a the 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 offense just looked better as a whole? No, I think Gronk looked better than he has the past few weeks. What really concerned me last week against the Jets was he had a couple of holding penalties. And generally, holding penalties are the type of things when somebody does not have the physical strength or the or quickness to make a good block, he's going to end up holding or he doesn't get beat. Or he's uh, lazy. Or whatever issue was going on, whether he's hurt uh, or whatever. Um, today, he looked better. He had finally had a catch in the red zone for a touchdown which was his first of the year. Uh, but And he took some pretty good shots today, uh, especially uh, down around the knees. Um, you know, he's just taken a pounding over the years, and I, and I just think it's finally catching up to him, and you're starting to see that. And Belichick supposedly wanted to get rid of him in the offseason, and Belichick's thing is you get rid of a guy one year early instead of one year too late. Do you put anything into the the, the fact that people have been saying that he, him switching to the TB12 method is causing him to not play as well? You know, maybe he's not quite as strong because he's not lifting weights. He's worried more about his pliability and all and, and that sure. kind of nonsense. Sure. Um, and he doesn't seem to have that strength that, that he's had in the past. And, you know, is that, is that a, a, a decent size factor now that we're, would it be 14 weeks in? And he's not. He doesn't really quite seem like he's the same player. I don't know if it's just strength. I think some of it is his quickness. You know, he used to have the speed to be able to run with defensive backs and to get away from him. Now he's just not getting that separation that he's gotten in the past. Ultimately, do you put it more? Do you I mean you have to assume he's injured? I mean, because everybody's injured at this point. I feel like at this point in the season, and he's missed games. He's got the back issue or the foot issue, or you know, people think it's his Achilles or whatever it may be. I personally think it's more he's just not the same player. I think he's his body is just it, it's banged up and then I think it is the TB12 thing. I think the TB12 thing is the blame for for his general lack of production. He just he doesn't look as strong. He doesn't look like Gronk. He just looks like, you know, uh, just another just another tight end in the well, league. The TB12 is supposed to make you more pliable. It's supposed to help you age better. He looks like he's getting older. He's getting slower. Strength is one thing, but he needs the quickness in his game as well. And he just hasn't had that this year. Right, but the the TB12 thing you saw it on Tom versus Time, they want they you know they chirped Edelman for not for lifting weights because he was bench pressing and he should have been stretching or whatever it was. And you know, and if that's what Gronk's doing and he's not lifting like he used to be. I think that that that's that's the biggest thing is because he's not over he's not overpowering anybody anymore and if he's not if he doesn't have the quick like you can lose a step as you get older you lose a step that's what happens that's well you notice today he was brought down in the open field by one defender when in the past yeah, he would run right over him yeah yep yep and I mean they they went low and he you know took out his knees but if he had the strength who knows maybe maybe he I mean I'm not it's tough to say that he would withstand a, a hit. At, in his knees because you're going to get flipped and you're going to you're going to go down but i just think that if, if if he loses a step then i think the strength is more important than anything at that point because if you're not faster you need to be stronger well the strength's going to hurt him as a blocker and that's what happened last week when he was getting the holding penalties or even as a physical receiver because he's a he's exactly. a physical he's a physical receiver right. so if he's not if he can't use his strength to get some separation now obviously you can't push off and all that well stuff, i think that's gets... another thing that's hurt him is the pushing off because he was getting some pass interference calls offensive pass interference calls called against him i don't know how much that has affected him over the last couple of years because he started getting the flags for it and you could see that he was getting frustrated by that you saw that over over the last couple of seasons but he should he should be able to adjust that by now because it's been happening for but if you don't two, have the speed, maybe three seasons if you don't have the speed to get, to get separation yeah. exactly that's where it all comes from you know he's got this allegedly big catch radius is the term they use for him but if he's got a guy draped all over him the throw has got to be perfect in the right spot for him to make that catch so coming back to Brady Brady's accuracy has been just a little bit off this year. So I think he combined the two together, and that's why the tandem is not as effective as they have been in the past. Do you think this is Gronk's last season? I do. 
I do. I hate to say that. I, I've loved him as a player, but he's just not the productive force. Now, they don't have a viable replacement for him, which is a problem. So you, you're going to have to draft somebody or bring in a free agent. And then you've got the whole has to learn the offense thing with that player. So, you know, who knows? He may come back for one more year, but he's definitely do not. You think, do you think he's done under his own doing, or do you think he's going to get forced out or cut? It wouldn't surprise me if he retired on his own doing. Uh, getting cut, then you have to worry about how's Brady going to take that and that whole. Oh, wah. Well, yeah, it's true, but that's, oh, you know, Brady has set that up. Kraft is going to take care of him. He's going to give him what he wants. So you create that whole situation, and then it gets back to what's Belichick's status with the team? You know, is there a riff there? Have they just smoothed things over for now? You know, you don't know. And if things really go south this year, especially after losing this game, if they lose next week in Pittsburgh, now you've probably lost a first-round bye. Things could get ugly. I don't think they're losing Pittsburgh. I mean, I think that this was a this was a game that that you thought that 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 they were people thought they were going to lose all season because of the ghosts in Miami. But I think I think they'll be okay when it comes to Pittsburgh. And I still think because um, Houston lost today, so I still think they're going to end up with that two seed. I think I think Pittsburgh with their chance of getting of of getting a first round bye or or getting the two seed, I think they pretty much ruined that. They're seven four and one at this point, so it's they're not they're not. And, and I mean, if they win today, they're they're eight four and one. So they're they're but there's still that tie away, and that tie might come back to haunt them. And next week will be a big matchup. But I find it, it, it you very rarely see this team lose back to back games. So but, I, I I don't. And the Steelers seem to always find a way to lose. So I don't I don't. They we'll do, see. but they they've got some weapons on offense, and whatever has been bothering the Patriots defense when they've played on the road, they need to figure it out next week. They got. Gashed today by Tannehill and a 35-year-old Frank Gore. What's going to happen with Roethlisberger and? Um, yeah, but for some reason they always seem to figure it out. They, they do. Always they seem do to figure it out. Well, Pittsburgh is Pittsburgh. They're going to do what they do, so yeah. you know that going in. But they've still got the weapons. They've got the weapons. What are your overall thoughts this year um, when it relates to as it relates to Tom Brady? I think 41, he's, 41 year old Tom I Brady. I think he's really started to show his age this year. Um, before today, before today, like I said, this was the best I've seen him play all year. Before that, I thought his throws have been off all year. I don't think he's had the zip on the ball that he's had in the past. He's gotten happy feet when you put pressure on him, worse than usual. And I think you saw that a couple of times today when he had some pressure on him and he threw the ball and spun away at the same time so he wouldn't take a hit. He's always done that because he's a baby. But you're seeing it more and more. with Yeah, him. no, you are. You definitely he, are. He's not standing in the pocket. He doesn't want to take a hit. He can still move around in the pocket. He can step up by himself some extra time. But it, the book against him has always been you get pressure on him right up the middle, and that's when he starts to get the happy feet and starts to lose. Do you think he's been seeing ghosts more so this year than he has in the past? I mean, I mean, I feel like last year, maybe even the year before that, he saw a ton of ghosts where guys weren't guys weren't there yet, but but it, he, his mental clock was sped up and he felt like guys were there, so he was, you know, throwing the ball away a little bit sooner. I don't feel like it's been that way this year. I think that he's been a little bit better in the like in relaxed and not necessarily. I mean, yes, he gets his happy feet, but I don't think he's been he's been shying away or throwing the ball away as quickly this year as he has in the past. See, I think it's the opposite. I think he has been throwing the ball away, just throwing it away. When he doesn't see a play there, you can have no pressure on him at all. He'll just dump the ball off, throw it at the feet of the receiver, or throw it out of bounds. I've seen him do a lot more of that this year than he has in the past. So it's not like he, you know, some quarterbacks can roll out. Yeah, not him. Try to make something happen. That's not his game. So he'll just dump it off come back from the next play. What do you think about him getting uh, his, his 1,000 1, rushing yards in yeah. his career? Yep. Uh, that's like a guy that plays 20 years in Major League Baseball and hits 400 home runs. So, you know, eventually you're going to get there if you play long enough. My question is, why is it? Why, why are people making such a big deal of it? Like, I can't why? believe they made a jersey out of it. They were selling it on the Patriots website. Anything to, anything to make money. But I guess my question is, why do people care? Why does a fan care? Like, it's common sense that if you're going to play for 35 years, you're going to get it. Like, it's almost sad that he's only just now hit 1,000 yards because <laughs> like, he's been in the league for so long. He's been in the league almost as long as I've been alive. And 
it's it's you should be at a thousand yards. Like the fact that you weren't there yet is a joke. It's just and, a nice big round number. What's oh, cool. more important is he has the most touchdown passes in history. Same thing though. It seems to me like they made less of a deal out of that. He broke that today. And I don't even know if they mentioned it on the broadcast. They didn't. They didn't. But but that's the same thing. When you've played that long. But that's you still should. a milestone to have the most touchdown passes in history. Whether you've played 20 years or not, he's still gotten it done. Yeah, the 1,000-yard thing, that's a, that's a random number. Not a random number, but it's a random stat. So you hit a nice big round number. Big deal. Yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of how I, I mean, it, it is cool, nice, awesome, whatever. That he, yeah, it, it's a nice little footnote. I can't see buying a jersey that says that. Anything, anything it's just it's just the, the the brainwash that the fans have when it comes to Tom Brady, and it's it's it annoys me and it sickens me. And I'm not a big Brady fan as as is, and, and I don't think that's a secret for anybody who who knows me. But Welcome to the podcast, everyone. Mike's not a Brady fan. <laughs> Never have been but for whatever reason. I don't know why exactly what it is. I I, I don't know. But well, look, he's he's a big boy scout. You could you could debate whether it's genuine or not, or it's his image. He's a, but the guy's won five Super Bowls. He's been canonized in Boston sports. The media buys into it. He can do no wrong. Ugh. But let's Except be honest, and that's what we're going to tell you here on the syndicate. If we think he's slipping, we're going to tell you. And I think he's slipping. I think he's been slipping. He's been slipping, but it's been a gradual slip. But up until today, I thought he was really hitting the steep slope and, and going on his way down. But I saw a lot of good things today. He so. did have a, he did have a couple of nice balls today. That ball to, to Patterson. The Patterson touchdown was a the beautiful Patterson, throw. The, the throw to uh, Edelman. It was later in the game. I think they ran the same play back. I know you had mentioned it that where they they tried to run a play and Edelman just missed it. He dropped. And he it. said you, you said go to it again. They went to it again. That yep. was another nice throw. Which was the um, same play on the Edelman touchdown. Was basically the, the touchdown same play, was a nice which throw was a nice too. throw. They had another one on third down, which he put right in the right spot. Uh, the touchdown to Gronk was a nice throw, and then the th- the the throw the throws that I like th- those throws to Edelman. I don't like. Yeah, they're nice, they're good placement, but they're also four yards down the field. And like, uh, I'm sorry, like anybody should be able to do that. It's the one to Patterson that impressed me, and then the deep ball to Gordon that ended up there was yes. a, the, the pass interference play right at the end, right towards the end of the game, which that should have put the game away, which you thought was going to seal the game, and it ended up not obviously happening. Um, those were the impressive balls to me, and I think if if he can if he can stretch the field like that, it's just gonna it's gonna improve the offense. What's crazy with this Patriots team is you feel like they just can't all get on the same page. The offense will have a great game, but the defense will suck. The defense will have four or five games, but the offense can't seem to figure it out. So you hope that down the stretch here, and hopefully the last two games of the season being against the uh, horrendous Bills and the horrendous Jets, that maybe they can start to get. Maybe they can start to, to build a little momentum and get going, and hopefully everybody gets on the same page where the, the offense and the defense put a put a complete game together. Can you think of a game this season where they, they both no. have been good? You know, and the, and the weird thing is, I think for the most part, the defense has struggled on the road, whereas the offense has put it up at home. You know, the offense has really played well at home. Today was, was the exception. The offense, the offense for the most part, p- played very well on the road. But I got a question for you: Where was James White today? I don't know. I don't. I don't know what his final. Even Sony Michelle. Do they really use the Sony Michelle? Sony Michelle had a lot of runs. Nothing spectacular. He had one called back on a hold. Oh yeah, yeah that was, was about a forty-something yarder. Um, but James White, I, I don't think he had more than a couple of catches. I don't even think he had more, more than a couple of targets. Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't. I don't have the line in front of me. But I just I, now that you mentioned, actually, I I don't remember the running backs too much at all. It seemed like it was a lot of Edelman and a lot of uh, and a lot of um, uh, Josh Gordon. Yeah, a and a lot of Cord- a lot of Cordell Patterson too. They they a lot of open uh, open in the flat. A lot of uh, checkdowns to to Patterson, and I don't I don't remember running backs at all. No, no, not a big game for the running backs. Which is surprising with Miami's ability to rush the passer. Thought you would have seen more screen passes. Did you see the video that came out um, late this week, maybe midweek, of uh, James White was mic'd up last game, and as he was running through for a play-action pass, Brady yelled check down. He turned around, and he hit him right there. 
Did he? Did you see? No, you, I didn't, see, didn't that. see that. So, so he was mic'd. Didn't so see that. it was last game. James White was mic'd up, and he was coming through for a play action pass. And as he was running by Brady, and he pulled the ball, he said, "Check down." And uh, White got past the line of scrimmage, turned around, and Brady threw it right to him. And uh, obviously, the Brady blowhards blew up about how awesome it was. And if you haven't seen it, I, I, I mean, it's 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 legitimately a five second video. You can go, you can you can watch it. But it is kind of cool, and it kind of it shows you the. From a non-Brady guy, it shows you the brilliance of Tom Brady and what he's good at as far as conducting the line of scrimmage, controlling the line of scrimmage, and that's that's it. That's where his brilliance is to me. So I, that's a cool video. For that when I saw it, I thought, oh, that that's pretty cool. If you haven't seen it, I, I would definitely uh, go and check it out. Well, you know what they say: Brady knows all the questions on the exam now. So was well, been when you've played for twenty years and you rush for a thousand yards. I mean, you know, you should have all the yeah, answers so, to the test. So if that's the case, then you should have no interceptions. You should not give up any sacks you should be able to find something on every play yeah well it's a, it's a tough league you know yeah. guys the guys are always getting bigger and stronger it's, it's a tough league you and know his favorite receiver is the one that's open so that's another myth we can debunk yeah that's not true at all um do you have any other thoughts on, on the patriots in general maybe specifically this miami game um it, it, it's like a shocking loss but at the same time i'm just kind of like meh oh well in the grand scheme of things, I don't really think this one's going to hurt them that much. They'll probably still end up with a second round bye, but it's just more troubling. To first me. round bye. First round bye. <laughs> to the second. Second, the second round bye would be nice. <laughs> Is that something they just, the they second just instituted round. this year? <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a new rule. Um, where was I going with this? Uh, that but, you didn't but think what, it was that big of a deal. What troubles me is the fact that you're seeing unpatriot-like mistakes, like what happened at the end of the first half, what happened on that last play. Those are the kind of things that they practice. They they are always right on on that. I remember last year, I think it was when they played Houston, they had a similar situation where they were out of timeouts at the end of the first half. The play ended. They lined up within 15 seconds and kicked a field goal to end the game. And I remember writing about that on the website saying that is what the Patriots are. That is what sets them apart from the rest of the league is the attention to detail that allows you to do something like that. And today they blew it. So that's the kind of thing that I'm concerned about moving forward, the kind of thing that they need to clean up because that just shows you that one little play can cost you a game, even if it does happen at the end of the second half. It's a pretty good takeaway, I guess. As it relates to the rest of the season in in this team, the team kind of does. Does it kind of remind you of what was it? Oh nine, Belichick saying, "I I can't get these guys to do what I want you to do." Yeah, does the team give you shades of that. Ish flashes, yeah, yeah. Overall, I don't think they're as bad as that O nine team was. They've definitely got more weapons on offense than that O nine team did. We can move on now to the uh, to the Boston Red Sox, the World Series champion Boston Red Sox. They re-sign World Series <coughs> hero quote unquote hero nathan avaldi four years 67 that sound right yes four years 67 million uh your thoughts your thoughts on the contract i thought it was a good deal uh maybe you pay you overpaid for him a bit i don't think it was a huge stretch um i'm kind of surprised they got it done as fast as they did i think once corbin signed with the nationals that set the stage for other starting pitchers uh i, I think it's a good deal uh, it gives you some certainty moving forward. Uh, after 2019, sale is up. Porcello is up. I don't see them retaining both. So after next year, you're just going to have uh, Price and Rodriguez. So, you know, I I wrote an article for the website, which Nathan Avaldi are they getting? The guy was lights out when they first got him in the trade from the Rays. Then he went on a stretch where he was just horrible. His ERA was over six and a half. Then we all saw what he did in the World Series. So which pitcher are you getting? Uh, you know, obviously you're going to get somebody in between. He's not going to be a a lights out stud for the next four years. But as far as what they've got him for right now, a number four starter, I don't think it's a bad deal. You know what I don't understand is when guys in the postseason do really well, which he did. He pitched really well. 
and now he's getting paid handsomely and it's like you forget everything that happens prior to that you forget those five games where he was he was abysmal you forget the fact that he has had two tommy john surgeries you forget the fact that he is basically an ALD's journeyman at this point in his at this point in his career and now i mean it's not a huge number you know it's not it's it's nothing compared to what what corbin got it's nothing compared to what sales gonna get or scherzer or verlander and and he's not gonna be paid like a top of the line uh you know a top of the line starter but why when a guy has a good postseason do we overpay for him and give him this big contract and when a guy has a poor season a poor offseason it uh, a po- poor postseason it doesn't hurt his value well i think it does hurt his value like, i think i think, think it's hurt, well we time will tell but i think it will hurt Machado's value. Okay, do you think it's going to hurt? Like, do you think Craig Kimbrell is going to make less money now? Yes, I do. Because he had a a poor, I do. A poor postseason. I do. And overall, he did not have as great a season. His numbers look good. I think his save total was inflated because he had a lot of three run leads going into the into the ninth, and he ended up picking up a save. But overall, I think that's going to hurt him moving forward. But I think getting back to your question, why do we pay them? Why do they get paid more money? Is because they've proven that they can do it on the biggest stage. Now that's an intangible. You hear about guys like a Grinky. Can he play in Boston? Can he play under pressure? Evaldi's proven he can do that. It still just seems like such a such a. It seems like such a crazy thing to me that a guy pitches well for for six weeks and you just forget everything else in his career. And now you're you know people are are. are like running through the streets because they re-signed Evaldi. And I don't think it's a bad I don't think it's a bad signing. I don't think that I, I mean four years is long, sixty seven mil is is a high number, but four years isn't that bad considering he's only going to be twenty nine next year. Sure, but you're it, gonna get him in his prime. Sure, but and it, you're not giving him a six year deal like you did with Price when he was twenty nine and now you're paying for him when he starts to break down as he gets into his mid thirties. And it's not like you're paying him thirty million a year. You're not paying him top quality money. Sure. But he's also had two Tommy Johns. He's never he's never thrown two hundred innings, or, or I'm pretty sure two hundred innings is is he's never hit it in his career. So is he really is he really well, is he compare, really a guy that can do it? I compare him to Porcello. Porcello's getting twenty two million a year. Yeah, but Porcello won twenty two games two years ago. And then what did he win the year before last? I don't remember. Six. Like, like he almost eight? lost twenty games in seventeen, and then he bounced back last year. He had eight wins last year or two years ago. Two years ago. So three years ago, he had twenty wins, and th- this past season, I'm pretty sure he had a, he had almost but, twenty wins, seventeen, eighteen wins. But you're paying him twenty two million. Yeah, no, no. So no, now Valdi comes in at seventeen a year. I don't hate the deal. I think it's a little too long. I think they paid a little too much, and I think that that part of it is you're paying him so that he doesn't go to the Yankees. You're paying him so he doesn't go to Houston because both of those teams wanted him. Yeah, he's and also lights out against the Yankees. At, at the end of the day, I think that you had to give him. That kind of money. My what, only concern, what do you always say about the Red Sox? You're the Red Sox. You have you the can money. afford to pay anybody. I agree. I I 100 agree. But, and he's proven he can play there. But I don't know if 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 like at this point, if you're giving him 17, is it almost 17 or almost 18. Either way, you're giving him 17, 18 million dollars a year. The first year, next year, it might not hurt that bad. The year after that, maybe not. But when you need to re-sign bets and you need to re-sign. If you want to re-sign Sale, if that if you're now used a little extra money to sign Evaldi, well, and you now can't sign those guys later, no, I, th- I think that's an excellent point, and I and I think that that like, that's good. There's going to be a trickle down on that. That's why I don't think they're going to move forward with both Sale and Porcello. That's no, that's one fine. of you, those Porcello guys is going to go. go. Now, I would not be shocked to see Porcello traded this week at the GM meeting. They've got. Depth in the starting rotation. If you're going to trade anybody, I think with sales shoulder problems, you're going to get the most for Porcello. I think you'd still get more for sale. I think I think I think they're both they're both in the last year of their contract, right? Porcello's yes. contract's up this year. Yep. So either way, they're they're a, a full season rental. A team will, a teams know that. And if you're looking at a single season. I th- if I was an opposing GM, I would run the run the risk of Chris Sale over Rick Porcello because Chris Sale, when Chris Sale's good, is elite. When Rick Porcello's good, he's well. Good. It it depends on what you're looking for. Now I think they absolutely have to trade him to one of the National League contenders like the Brewers or the Phillies or the Braves, who are up and coming but still need that little bit more. 
you're not going to trade him anywhere in the American League because you don't want him to come back and bite you. So those are the teams that you have to target for trade. So I don't, I haven't done my research. I don't know what those teams have for prospects in their minor league system. But I think that's, if anything, that is what will happen is, is where they'll end up looking to make a trade if they make one. Other than that, you don't have a lot of commodities you can pick from. I think for trade bait. I don't think they're going to trade Porcello. I think that they they re-signed Ovaldi and they're going to run with you know Sale, Price, Porcello, Ovaldi, and Erod, and they're going to go for it again. This I think year. they're going to. I agree with they're, you. They're, they're, they're just gonna they're, they're going to go for it, and yep. maybe they maybe they they end up re-signing Sale at the end of the season. I'm not sure, I, I, and it's way too far away to even to even really talk about that. But I think that they're, they they lo- they they got Ovaldi and they're gonna they're going to make a run at it this year. Now, before I ask you who they want to, who they sign next, I guess I have to I have to ask you this first. Do you think Ovaldi will eventually become the closer for the Boston Red Sox? Only if he fails as a starter. So like Dennis Eckersley? Well, Eckersley, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess. Well, Eckersley bounced around to three different teams before well, so did Ovaldi. him into a closer. So did Ovaldi. True. So did Evaldi. It's true. But I I think he's some insurance for a closer if they don't sign one in the offseason. Which gets me to my main point. Who are you you looking for them to sign next? I was just going to ask you that same question. I wouldn't throw a lot of money at anybody, to be honest with you. I don't really like any of the guys that are out there. If they could get somebody like a Zach Britton, uh, maybe on a one- or or two-year deal, I would take a risk on him. He started so- showing some signs after he was traded to the Yankees of coming back to his former self. Uh, but I would not, I would not pay Andrew Miller a big contract. I don't like Familia as a closer. I know he uh, had some issues in the postseason a couple of years ago. So I would, I would just as soon go with some internal candidates like a Brazier or a Barnes. See, I wouldn't go with Brazier or Barnes at I, least I, to I, start the season. I wouldn't necessarily throw big money at Andrew Miller. I wouldn't. I don't know about Familia because I feel like he he could be the real deal. He's got off field issues too. But mine, I think from I would like them to go to go get uh, Kelvin Herrera, Kelvin Herrera, was the closer for the Royals, um, and then he got traded. I can't think of where he went before. to the Nationals. Nationals or it was either Nationals or Oakland. I can't yeah. remember. But either either way, I would I like think everybody I, got traded to Oakland. At I, some yeah, point. That's true. Um, you know, I I like him. As a closer, if I was if I was if it was my choice, I would take I would pick him. Um, I'm okay with Zach Britton if you can get Zach Britton on a deal, but I think that there'll be there are teams that are stupid that'll throw money at Britton, and there are teams that are that'll throw big money at Miller. And obviously, I, I mean Kimbrel, you you don't there's zero chance that Kimbrel comes back to this team, right? In your in your eyes, I don't see it. No, especially if he wants six years. And the other thing you got to keep in mind is they are going to have to pay uh, bets. And Bogarts, either through arbitration or come to a one-year deal with him. Bogarts is in his walk year. He's he's up for a hefty raise. Betts is, I think Betts made 10 to 12 last year. He's up for a hefty raise even if he goes to arbitration. These are guys you're going to have to – Jackie Bradley's another one who's, who's going to get a bump in pay. They're already pushing why? the salary cap. Why are we bumping? Why are we giving Jackie it, it Bradley just more happen, money? It ju- we're not giving it to him, but it just happens that when a guy gets to arbitration, it's more or less slotted. That okay, he's got five years of major league service. He's going to get X amount of money. You know, they'll compare him to other guys with with that type of of longevity. So I, these guys are going to get pay raises, whether it's a huge bump or not. They're going to get pay raises. They're not going to make any less money. You're already pushing the cap with these guys. So I don't think you're going to have enough money to go after a, a big free agent at this point, especially where you just signed Evaldi. See, that's where that's where signing Evaldi would make me mad. Whereas if that takes you out of the running, now now obviously Betts and Bogarts, those are your own guys. You're if, if they're getting bumps because they're arbitration eligible or whatever the whatever the case may be, then that's fine. I don't have an issue with that. But if or they you, may just go over the cap. They may just say, oh, let's make one more run at it with the team that we have, and we'll pay the luxury tax. They're the Red Sox. They can afford it. I agree that they're the Red Sox and they can afford it, but they don't seem to think the way that I think. And it's also not my money, so like it's easy for me to sit here and say, you know, they're the Red Sox. But 
they don't. I mean, they've shown no signs of even wanting to to do that. Like they're not going to go over that tax, and that's that's where giving these contracts to guys like Avaldi could hurt you. Where if you don't want to go over that tax, and now maybe, like I said, maybe not even this year, maybe next year, you now can't re-sign sale because, say, you want to say your your number for sale is twenty eight a year. Say it's probably going to be higher, maybe even higher than that. But say it's twenty eight is your number. The Yankees offer him thirty, and you can't go to the thirty because you now gave Nathan Avaldi a couple extra million, so he didn't go to the Yankees. I, I don't think it's, this place. I don't think it's going to come down to Avaldi. If you didn't sign Avaldi, you would have paid another free agent that kind of money. But I would have rather have taken that little bit of extra and put it towards sale, put or put it towards put it towards Machado or or Harper, who still hasn't, who still have, who still haven't signed. Now you're you're not going to sign those guys, obviously, at this point. Well, allegedly Harper turned down ten years, three hundred million from the Nationals. He doesn't want to play in Washington. That's what yeah, I think. It, you, you're going to turn yeah, down, but, but you think he's going to take less money somewhere else? He won't take less, but I bet he would take that exact same deal in a place where he actually wanted to play. I think he wants to play in Philadelphia. I think he wants to play. Um, maybe. Do you know what his dog's name is? No, his dog's name is Wrigley. Okay, so if he wants to play in Chicago, but then again, David Price's dog's name is Astro, so yeah, I don't well, think you can go by dog names. If if he if he if he wanted to play in 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 Chicago and they offered him ten at ten at thirty, and supposedly he he's that. buddies with Chris Bryant, they came up playing together in uh, Vegas. Oh, cool. As Whatever. Kids, so what? Yeah, as long as he's in the National League, yeah. as long as he doesn't end up with the Yankees, because he'll hit a thousand home runs in. Yeah, but he'll bat he'll bat two ten. But he'll hit a thousand home runs. Yeah, how'd that work out for Giancarlo Stan? Yeah, you know, I don't know. I like Bryce Harper, but he he's very much boomer bust. He's he's that's he's, baseball now. Yeah, no, I know. That, it's walk, home run, strikeout. I know, I know. Any other thoughts on the Red Sox before we move on? Uh, the three catchers. Be interesting to see if they move forward carrying three catchers on the roster, or if maybe Swihart is moved at the trade deadline. He's, I'm sorry, at the winter meetings. He's the only one that has any real value. You don't think Vasquez has any value? Uh, Vasquez is coming off an injury. He had a down year. Leon couldn't hit his way out of a paper bag. So I think if you're going to get, and plus Swihart has some <laughs> Even Leon on a good season, he still might not hit his weight. He's a, yeah. he's a bigger dude. <laughs> I mean, he's an excellent receiver. The pitchers love throwing to him. Um, Would you rather have? A guy like Gary Sanchez, who the pitchers hate throwing to, no. who's a terrible receiver, no. but can hit 40 home runs? Nope. Or Sandy Leone, who can't hit his weight, but he's good with the pitching staff? I'd rather have Leone. Interesting. Interesting. I think, I think Vasquez is a butcher behind the plate. I think Vasquez has a little bit of trade value. I know he's he's still a young guy. He's not – He's not. He's not. Uh, he doesn't have a hefty uh, hefty contract, so he might have some value. The, my, my, the thing that makes Swihart is that he can play – anywhere or at least that's what they want you to think that he can play anywhere but at the same time they can't even find a position for him so can he really play anywhere i thought he improved quite a bit with his catching last year when vasquez was out he looked pretty good behind the plate before that he had some trouble with pass balls he wasn't a great receiver i think he worked on that he improved himself a lot to the point where if they were to trade one of them i wouldn't have a problem with him being the backup going into the season He's probably ha- has the best pop time of any of the three catchers. And Vasquez was supposed to have this rocket for an arm, was another Pudge Rodriguez, but he was all over the place last year with his throws to second. Yeah, he had, he, not defensively, but throwing-wise, he had a down year. Yes. And hitting, I mean, for some reason, if you're a, if you're a Red Sox catcher, you, in the last Since 10 Veritech? years, 10 years-ish, you can't hit. It's like a foregone conclusion. You just You just can't hit. So the question is, we've been avoiding Joe Kelly. No. I have not heard anything at all about Joe Kelly, whether anybody's interested in him. Does anybody still it's care been about Joe Kelly? Quiet. Does anybody still care? Like, the, like okay, there's another guy who had a terrible well, year, but he and had, then he had, he a, had, good had a great postseason. postseason. So now you're going to pay him $10 million a year because, you, because you're going to have to overpay. So you don't want him back at all? No. Not no. at all. Not, if you can get him on a team-friendly deal. No, no. I cannot stand Joe With a guy Kelly. that can throw 101 miles an hour. Cool, everybody throws 101 miles an hour now. Like, it's not that big of a deal anymore for a guy that throws 100 miles an hour. So if you, you can see, get him back at $5 million a year. No, You don't pass. take him? No, $500,000. i will take him. That's it. Wow. That's, That's it. not even the major league minimum. I don't. I cannot stand Joe Kelly, and I cannot stand Brock Holt. 
between the so two of them. So you want to see more of Tyler Thornburg, yes. guys like that? Yes. Those, those are the guys you want coming out of the bullpen yes. in the eighth. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. Give me Matt Barnes in the eighth and then get me a closer. I don't okay. need to see Joe Kelly. I don't need to see I don't need to see Joe Kelly in his stupid rec specs at all. You're not, I'm you're not gonna it. miss his little things he does in no. spring training. No, all those cute little no. Videos then he none does. of it is cute. None of it is cute. <laughs> you're a grown man who's a me, who's a moron. What are you gonna do with you, your Joe Kelly Fight Club shirt if he leaves? I don't I don't own a Joe Kelly Fight. I don't own a Joe Kelly Fight Club shirt because it's, right it's next all to a your hoax. Tom Brady thousand rush, rushing yeah, yard. Yeah, shirt. definitely. It's it's a hoax. And he's just such a squid and this is the same moron that said, I'm going to win the Cy Young next year. It's called Remember confidence. That? What's wrong with that? It's called confidence, and then he got demoted to the bullpen before the season <laughs> even started. He got demoted to Pawtucket that year. He the, before it even started, he was in the bullpen. Like, he's a he's a dweeb. No. Episode one, Mike is losing. Out. Out on Joe Kelly. I'm always out on Joe Kelly. I will forever. And you did some nice things in the playoffs. Thanks, Joe. But, you know, go do those things for someone else because I Thanks, don't need Joe, to see Thanks, Joe. Here's it. your ring. Moving yeah, on. I don't need to see it. I don't, I don't need it anymore. I'm over it. Joe Kelly. Let's move on. Joe Kelly. I was doing so well. I kept it together for 40 minutes without freaking out. Good job. Good work. Joe. Makes things interesting. Joe Kelly. If we keep agreeing on everything, nobody's going to listen. Bruins or Celtics, your choice. Let's go to the Bruins. Well, let me ask you some questions on the Bruins now. Okay. Mr. Bruins fan. As long as it doesn't have anything to do with Joe Kelly. No, Joe Kelly. I hear he can't skate, though. Can he? Skates like the wind. Does he skate 101 miles an hour? Yeah, guy. He He can do it all. Wicked slapper. Yeah. (laughs) He's got some hands on him. (laughs) So the Bruins, now, full disclosure to our listening fans, I am not a huge hockey fan. But even I know that the Bruins have just been decimated by injuries so far this year. So not playing... Their best, struggling. Where where are they in the uh, playoff rankings? Uh they're basic. Uh, they're in, they're in the wild card race. So are they in the mythical? You've got to be in the top eight after Thanksgiving. They're there. That's that's the marker, right? They're so there. they're they're within that. They're there. So with all the injuries there, they have. They've got a lot of young guys that have come up. What do you think of the young guys? How have they been producing? They're okay. They're okay. So, so last season I thought that the that the that the Bruins weren't going to win forty something games. I said that a lot of times, and I got ridiculed for saying it a lot of times. And 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 I was wrong. They they ended up they ended up doing well. But I also said that you know th- you saw these young guys and Dan Heinen and Jake DeBrusque and Charlie McAvoy and e- even Brandon Carlo. They were playing past their potential and they were giving you more than what you thought. And you come into this year, and some of them seem to be in a sophomore slump. DeBrusque seems to be the real deal. McAvoy can't stay healthy. Um, Donato came in at the end of last year, and everyone loved it. And Then he gets sent down to Providence. Yeah, he was in Providence this year. He hasn't played well. Heinen hasn't played as well as he did last year. And it's just you're kind of seeing, like, you're kind of seeing the real – I don't know if it's the real – Bruins, but you're, you're you're now like these guys are kind of coming back down to earth, and they're not exactly you know setting the world on fire now, and they've been okay. The Bruins as a whole, they've been okay, I guess. I, I it, all of the injuries is 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 the major problem, if you ask me. So do they ride it out with these guys and hope to hold on to the to a lower tier spot and make it into the playoffs and get everybody healthy to come back and make a run? Is that what you think they're doing? No. Uh, yes, I do think that's what they're doing because that's what ownership cares about. They care about getting that one series at home, um, you know, having those those three or four uh, playoff games and getting the revenue for it. In my opinion, I'm over it. They're not going anywhere this year. You're not. You're not making a run. You may be lucky to to finish in, in the top three in your division, maybe, but. You're not going anywhere. So you don't put any stock in the big win they had last night in Toronto? No, I don't. Because in a seven-game series, Toronto is way too talented. Toronto's going to knock you out. Montreal has turned the corner. They were terrible last year. They were, they're a lot better this year. Uh, Tampa Bay is setting the world on fire. And I don't know if you know this, but Tampa Bay lost their goaltender, who's arguably top three goalies in the league. And guess what? Didn't hurt them. They're still winning. They're still running through everybody in the league. And then you go out west, and there's a bunch of teams out west in Nashville and uh, San Jose, and those teams are like you're not going anywhere. I'm sorry, Bruins fans, but you're not going anywhere this year. So 
In my opinion, if 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 anybody comes calling on David Krejci, if anybody comes calling on anybody not named Brad Marchand, David Pasternak, or Patrice Bergeron, I would listen. And that includes Jake DeBrusque. That includes Charlie McAvoy. That inc- Why do you want to give up the younger guys? I'm just – I don't want to, but I would listen. I would listen to see what they have to do because like, I like McAvoy, but he can't stay healthy. He can't stay on the rink. Missed 20 games this year. I think he had a, a heart issue, a concussion – and a and a knee injury last year, and he year. took a shot last night that kept him out for the rest of the game too. Yep, he 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 can't. He just came back last night was his his second game back, I think, from injury, missing missed twenty games with a, a concussion. If you can't stay on the if you can't stay on the ice, the amount of talent you have is really irrelevant, if you ask me. Because what good are you if you're if you're if you're good for forty five games a season? Do you really want that? I'm just saying I would listen. I'm not saying that I would trade DeBrusque. I'm not saying that I would trade McAvoy, but I'm saying that I would listen. To- do you think? Do you think they'll do that? Do you think the owners will give up that risk of getting that first round playoff series? No, no, so, I don't. So they're just gonna, they're just gonna show they're gonna, up again and and they're gonna take the fans' money and go home. They're gonna yeah, they're gonna be that that mediocre that mediocre middling team this year. And they remember the Celtics a couple years ago where where you thought they were going to be bad and they ended up being a middling team. And it was like, this really isn't a good thing. And then they went on a run and, and Isaiah Thomas was good. And it's kind of like that where they're, they should sell it, but they're not going to. Do you think Bruins fans would put up with that if they were to sell off a Krejci and bring in some young talent show that they were building for the future? Yes. Overall, Boston fans don't go for that kind of stuff. Except Celtics fans. Do you think the, you and think I the think, Bruins fans would go for that. I think the Bruins fans. I think the Bruins Bruins fans would be okay with it as long as, as long as it was spelled out for them. As long as you could see it coming and you traded. Now, if you trade, I think if you trade Krejci, that's the easiest one in the book. He's overpaid. He's declining in talent. Like that's that's an easy one to see coming. Now, if if you're gonna trade Rask for another younger guy, that's something that that might you know. Do you think they'll get much for Rask at this point? I think they can since he's come back with his uh, his leave of absence and but with his past issues, I still think that not he has, being a big game goaltender. I still think he has some trade. I think he has uh, he probably has the second most trade value. I would say of anybody that I'm willing to deal. Maybe the only one that that assuming health is Chara because of his leadership ability and the fact that he can still play. But he probably has more. But he's forty-one, yeah, forty-two. He's, he's, a, he's a million years old, and but he had a, he was injured too early. This he year. still is. He's still out. Yeah. So he, I mean, I just I didn't believe in the team last year, and and, and I I rode that all season, and they proved me wrong. And but this year, I think that they're kind of proving me right, and I don't really believe in this team, and I I I want them to sell, but I don't think they're going to. So if Chara goes somewhere else and wins the Stanley Cup, do we have a parade for him? Like they did with Ray Bork? <laughs> no, because he won a cup here. <laughs> oh, so it doesn't count. No, no, no. So, I mean, with Ray Bork, it was he just the Bruins sucked when Ray Bork was here. Right. So they was like they did him a favor. But Chara's already won here. I still here. can't believe they had a parade for somebody else that won a championship. Well, but that's ancient history. Before my time. Not that much before <laughs> your time. It was, that was before I was really into hockey. I mean, I was alive, but it was before I was really you know into it, into it. Anything more on the Bruins? Anything more you want to get off your chest? No, no, I think I'm it's good. It's been a couple of weeks. I've kept it. I've kept it all together. I mean, it's, it's just it, it's frustrating with all the injuries because with a fully healthy team, maybe they could have something. Their depth isn't that great though this season, but they they shouldn't be as bad as they've been, and uh, it's frustrating. It's what do you th- no, what do you no think Bergeron. of the job that Sullivan's done, patching in the players? Sullivan, the Cassidy, Cassidy, Sullivan. That's like that's the coach of the uh, Penguins. Or was the coach of the Penguins? Close enough, I got B- to work. Big, big hockey fan <laughs> over there. <laughs> um, I was doing pretty good up until that point. <laughs> Cassidy's okay. Uh, he's working with what he has, and I think there's something about there's something about what he does that he seems to get. He seems to get the best out of some of these young guys, and part of it too is he's worked with a bunch of them in Providence. He was a coach in Providence before, so he's wor- he worked with a ton of these guys in Providence and. He's he's done the best that he can with the you know with the group that he has. If 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 uh, the old coach was still here, Claude Julian, they I don't know if they would have won a single game at this at this point in the season. But he's been okay. So that's a good segue to the Celtics. Speaking of coaching, oh, it is. Sure, I think so. Look at that. 
Now, the Celtics have struggled as well. Up until recently, I think they've won five straight as of this recording. But prior to that, they were struggling a little bit, and it raised some questions about Brad Stevens, his ability to coach. Now, he's been known for getting the most out of his players. Now, all of a sudden, he's got all the talent in the world, and it seemed like he couldn't manage it. First signs of adversity for a coach. How do you think Stevens handled it? Do, so, you think, do you think he's finally pulled them together and got them all on the same page? So I think he's done the right thing because what basically what he's done is he's kind of spread the talent out, right? He moved he moved Hayward to the bench. Jalen Brown has come off the bench since he's since he's been back, and he's basically I think at this point it's saying more about the players. Do you, so do you think they just after the run they had last year and they got Kyrie and and Hayward back and they just thought oh we're gonna walk all over this. And they, and they didn't bother to put in the work, or, or no, I didn't have the intensity coming into the season. I don't know if it's I don't know if it's they didn't put in the work or they didn't have the intensity. I think that they they might have had a little bit of a sense of entitlement, saying that you know we went that we went to get, we went to Game Seven with the with the Cavaliers without Kyrie, without Gordon Hayward, and now we add them, we're just going to be that much better. But you have to remember that that those two guys are major they're superstars. Kyrie I mean especially Kyrie Irving, he's a superstar. So he's going to require he's going to require the ball. He's going to require minutes like and, and guys need to slot into their roles with those type of players coming back. You have Hayward coming back, so now you're going to like Jalen Brown's going to lose some minutes, Jason Tatum's going to lose some minutes, guys are going to lose minutes. And Kyrie comes back and so Terry Rozier loses minutes. Terry Rozier doesn't like the fact that he's lost minutes. And for some reason, when all those guys came back, they couldn't make it work altogether. So if you ask me, I think that it's 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 kind of on the players. Because if if you're Gordon Hayward and you're Kyrie Irving, why can't you work together? Gordon Hayward's a shooter. Kyrie Irving's a facilitator. But why Hayward, can't they work Hayward's together? Hayward's been off. Hayward has not been the shooter he was before no, the no, injury. No, 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 he's no. still coming back. No, he is, and he's he's turning into a facilitator. But the fact that you gave this guy all that money and now he's coming off the bench for you. Yeah, but the I, guy had a horrific injury. That of course, wasn't the plan of going in when you signed him. No, no, no. But 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 he's back now. He's back healthy. But he's not what he was. No, 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 no. He, he probably never will be what he was. So you think he's him? You think confidence. him coming off the bench as a six man? I don't like it. You don't like it? I don't like it. I don't. I don't think that a guy that is getting a max deal should be coming off the bench. But you, but you've got to reevaluate after the circumstances of that injury. He he is not the player that you signed. He's you can't look be, at what he's making for a contract. But he needs to figure it out, and he needs to make it work because he needs to be a leader of the team, and he needs to be a guy that, that is, is contributing in a well, major role. you can contribute role. coming off the bench. Right, but if you're contributing coming, which he has been doing. And, and there's an old saying in basketball. It's not about who starts the game. It's about who finishes the game. Well, it's about who gets the most minutes in a game. Right, because no, it's who finishes it. Who's on the floor at the end of the game when it's crunch time? Yes and no, because if a game's a blowout, then then you have you have a bunch of scrubs at the end of the game. So Kevin McHale, you heard of Kevin McHale? Yes, he's in the Hall of Fame. Yes, he was the sixth man. Okay, but was he getting a max deal? Did he get signed for a max? The deal? contract is irrelevant. The what difference irrelevant. does it make? Of course, it's irrelevant. It's not irrelevant. It's what is the player now? David Price, if you go by his contract, he's the number one starter. Is he the number one starter on the Red Sox if mm-hmm. Sale is healthy? Mm-hmm. Mm, kind of is. Am I asking the wrong guy that question? He kind of is. You can't go by the contract. He You've got to go by the player, what he is now. It's different by league because there's no salary cap in the MLB. So that that's completely different in the MLB than it is in basketball. In basketball, your your max players are your leaders on and off the court. And and right now, a sixth man can't You can be not, a leader as a sixth man. Yeah, sure, to the second unit. No. Cool. No, no, no. no. Good work. You're passing a Brad Winokur. So do you awesome. dole out the number of, of playing minutes by how much a guy makes? You're the no, highest no, no, paid no, no, player on no, no, the team. No, no, you get 48 no, 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 minutes. No, no. You're the second highest paid not, player on no, the team. No, no, you get 46. No, 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 no. no. But if if you're if you're getting if if you sign him and he's supposed to be your he's supposed to be one of your leaders, he needs to be one of your leaders, and that means he needs to start he needs to be a starter. If you're paying this guy that much money, he needs to be out there and he needs to start. And you need to figure it out because when it comes down to the playoffs and that bench shortens, you need the, your best players to be out on the floor way more often than Why not. Why isn't Kyrie the leader of the team? He's he the best player on the he team. Is. And he's the point guard. He is the but he is the he is the leader of the team. But you, it's not all one person. Al Horford's also a leader on that team. And Gordon Hayward should also be a leader on that team. Given the contract, given the fact that he was a highly sought after free agent, he needs to be starting. Now, if you and now if he had come back and he came to, and, and and 
the first couple games he was coming off the bench, then that's one thing. Because that's telling me that he wasn't ready to come back and he's working his way back into it. If that's how they had handled it, I would have been okay with it. But he, he was starting and that unit wasn't working. But I think he was forced into that starting role, maybe for the reasons you just said. Probably. Because of his high con and he wasn't ready. And then Stevens realized this isn't working. The best thing for this team right now is for him to come off the bench. Yes. So Stevens has done a good job. That's why I'm putting it on the players. This whole this whole conversation started because you asked me what I think Stevens has done. I think Stevens did the right thing. Moving Jalen Brown to the bench probably should have been it probably should have been that way from the beginning. But moving Jalen Brown to the bench was the right move. Moving Gordon Hayward to the bench was the right move as a coach. I don't like it as a fan looking at the player. That's what I don't like. Does that make sense? I suppose. So great job by Brad Stevens recognizing that it wasn't working. He needs to come off the bench and he needs to be the leader of the second unit. Horrible as a fan that my second unit leader is a max contract guy. I don't like that. I don't like. I, it. I, I think you got to put the contract aside. Could you? We can okay, agree to disagree. Could, okay, but could you imagine the 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 Heat team? Dwayne Wade coming off the bench. If Dwayne Wade Chris was Bosch, coming out of getting his legs split in half, and he, he was start, still he not the Dwayne Wade that he was before, and that's what's best for the team, then that's what you do. You're going to give up wins because you've got a guy who's the highest paid player on your team that is not playing up to what you signed him for when you signed him. Yes. Well, then that's just because. That's no, being no 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 no. no. You've got to no, no, take no, 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 what you no, no, no. have and use it to your best advantage for the team to get a win. Whether it's your highest paid player coming off the bench or not even playing at all, that's what's best for the team. As a that's coach, what Belichick does as a coach. He doesn't a, care how much a guy's getting paid. He'll bench somebody if they're not helping the team. You do what's best for the team. His microphone has been clipping for the last 2 minutes. So that's good. That's good. He's been yelling at me for two minutes now, and everything is in the red. So this is good. No, but <laughs> from a coaching standpoint, I agree with you. That's the right thing to do. But the point is, is I don't like it from a fan standpoint because I don't like the fact that that one of my highest paid players is coming off the bench. I don't. I don't like do it. Do you think that'll be the whole season? Do you think this is locked in, or do you think it's just until Hayward? can get his game back, get a shot back. Come the playoffs, he's ready to go. Now he's a starter. The the, the problem is is they're they're winning. Like this is working now. Yeah, so, they're also playing crap bag teams right now. So take it with a grain of salt. It's working right now for them. If they can get through this hump and get the team rolling and this works, why not go forward with it? That's what I'm saying is the fact that they're winning right now with Hayward coming off the bench and if that's if it's working, I mean if it's if it's not broken, don't fix it. And that's, exactly. and that's, but, but that's contracts I'm, aside. I'm sorry. Yeah. But I'm so, I, I can't put contracts aside in, in the NBA because like, that's, those are the, those are the, the, those guys are the guys that they, they need to be out there. Like it, it, it I'm sorry. Like it, when it comes down to, to, to a playoff game, Gordon Hayward should be starting. That's, that's just the way that it should, that's the way that it is. That's the way it should be. He's, he's, that's, he's paid to perform. You need to be out there. You need to be a starter. So uh, Irving made a comment earlier in the year, and I know that I he know doesn't like Thanksgiving. No, no, that <laughs> they needed to pick up a 15-year veteran to be a leader. Yeah, I hated that comment. Why? For the re mainly for the what you were just saying. You're you're paying these guys; these are max contracts. Irving is arguably top five player in the league, top ten. That should be your leader. Why do you need to bring in a 15-year veteran? Well, you know, when you he, want to be a max, you know what he was contract doing. guy. You know what he was doing. He was, was he calling out Horford. No, Horford no. should be that guy. No, do you know? Do you know who's a 15 year vet that, that that was that was available? Who? Carmelo Anthony. Ugh. That's. What, I, I mean, I'm not going to disagree with that. <laughs> but that's what he was doing. Is that he was saying that he was lobbying to get him lobbying in. to get Car Carmelo Anthony. That's one school of thought. The other one was was um, another. I don't. Oh, I don't know if he's been in the league for 15 years because that. Let me think about it. It's probably probably been eleven years, I would say, as a veteran who's up at the end of this year. Who is it? Kevin Durant. You're not gonna bring him in at this point. Al Horford's numbers come off the books pretty soon, I'm pretty sure. You think Golden State's gonna give him up? His his contract's up after this year, and they're they're going through a ton of drama. But Irving was talking State. about bringing a guy in I, for yeah, this I, year. I think this year he was talking about Carmelo Anthony to bring in. But I mean, there's some speculation that it was also possibly directed at Kevin Durant. And 
you're not gonna you're not gonna trade for him. Golden State's not gonna trade for him. You're absolutely right about that. But bring him in at the end of this season. Who but should Irving be that guy? Shouldn't he be the guy providing the leadership? Of course he should, but it's the NBA. The NBA. What does it, that Le- mean? LeBron James. What does that mean? It's the NBA. LeBron James ruined the NBA. He ruined it. Well, I got to tell you, those things happened long before LeBron James. No. Magic Johnson tore the Lakers apart because he didn't like his coach, and he ended up getting him fired, and that's when Phil Jackson did, did, came in. Did, yeah, that's a coach. I'm did, sorry, did, not Phil Jackson, the other guy with the slick back. Pat Riley. Did uh, did did Magic Johnson go on TV and make a decision in public and take his talents to South Beach? No. Uh, that was just a TV. No, stunt. exactly. And that's that my point. Did, that didn't ruin the NBA. That's my point. That is ruined James' reputation moving forward. No, that my point is is that is that it, it, it's ruined the NBA and it's brought the super teams to light. And then all of a sudden you have Golden State and Kevin Durant going to Golden State. And it, it ruined the NBA. That's what the NBA is now. It's just a bunch of buddies all playing together. I agree with you on that. But it, that, that's the Players Association. They, they earn that right to be free agents and go wherever they no, want. I, if a guy's going to take less money. To go play somewhere else and, and be a number three when he could go to another team, go to Milwaukee and be a number one. Number two. Or a number two. Antetokounmpo is, gonna, yes, is definitely yes, going to be the beast. number one. Which, which Antetokounmpo, I don't know if you saw this, and this is completely off topic, but he uh, he has he turned down the invitation to work out with LeBron James and Dwayne Wade and someone else this offseason because he said he doesn't want his opponents to think he's all buddy-buddy with them. That's more of what the NBA needs. That's old school. That's what the NBA needs. That is needs. old school. I mean, the dude, the dude can barely speak English, but yep. that's 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 <laughs> what the NBA needs. So maybe he meant something else. Yeah, he, yeah he, he, might, he might not. He might not have understood what he was saying. But that's more of what the NBA needs, and I think that that's why Kyrie Irving is saying that kind of stuff. Because if you lobby to get a player, and all of a sudden, like Carmelo Anthony hears that, and then Carmelo, Carmelo Anthony is, uh, you know, all hot and bothered to come to Boston, and maybe maybe he plays well coming when he comes to Boston. That's that's what the NBA is. Like they they can't do it by themselves. Those like those days are over. Well, you've always needed the three superstars. Oh, you've needed three good players. That, that's but, the old rule of thumb. You need the three superstars. But you but you never you never saw lobbying for it like you do now. And that's right. that's, that's well, what, what that's you what didn't happened. see was guys picking to go to those. You had the three superstars, but you kind of drafted them and and lucked out and got them. What Golden State did. Yeah, sort right, of. But then they brought then they Durant. Added Durant. Yeah. But they were a good team before Durant. Right. Right. That's on Durant. And that's 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 the LeBron era. That's LeBron. That is 100% LeBron. Durant going to Golden State. I don't even blame Durant. Yeah, sure he's soft for it. But I blame LeBron. It's it's LeBron doing LeBron. It's LeBron doing those 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 that stupid whatever they whatever it was called. I can't even think of it this exact one. The decision. The decision. And it, it just ruined it. It ruined the NBA. And that's what that's what I think Kyrie was doing. Is he was just that's the way that they do it. They use the media and they lobby for players. So you think he'll sign with the Celtics after the season and try to set up his own super team, or you think he'll go somewhere else? Kyrie. Kyrie. Ooh. I think. I think he has come out and said he's going to resign. Now, whether that was yeah, it was in just front of a, a bunch of people, ticket, that, it, right? Season ticket a, holders. It was in front of a bunch of season ticket right. holders in the garden. So you you don't think he was genuine on that? Ah. <sighs> I think he had to say it. I don't know if he was genuine. You don't have to say something like no, that. No, you do. You, you do. You can say, I love all it here the- and I'm going to try. The kind of stuff Craig Kimbrell said at the end of the season. Yeah, I'd like to stay. I like it here. But you don't make a commitment. I'm going to sign. You know who else said that kind of stuff? Joe Kelly. But, <laughs> but uh, no, I, he had to say it because of all the all of the, the swirling rumors and speculation around his contract and everything. He had to say it. Otherwise, he would have been booed all season or they would have continued. So he, he, and you know what? Since he said it, you haven't really heard any talks about his, about his contract. Yeah, it shut so everybody up. Exactly. So that's and all now that everybody he was, thinks he's going to resign. Yeah, that's all that he was doing was that he was just shutting everybody up. So. But he'd be stupid not to. With the young talent here, and he can make the most money here. So if it's about the money, he's fine. Boston isn't exactly, um, you know, a, a small market city, and you there's plenty of off the court opportunities here, and you have the young guys, and you could build around Hayward and Kyrie. You could probably bring in Durant too. Like you could, he'd be stupid to leave, in my opinion. And that's not even as a, that's not even as a as a, a Celtics green teamer. That's just logic if you ask me Be so you don't, you don't think leave. lebron will try to recruit him to la so he can make more movies no 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 because no. that didn't work in cleveland you think it's going to work you think it's going to work in la just because yeah, it's la yeah but he had that movie that came out 
Uncle Drew. Year. Yeah, he, he's a yeah, he's a big he's time, an actor now, big big time movie star. Yeah, yeah, please. I, what did that make? Maybe like fifty cents at the yeah. box office. <laughs> it wasn't even there for a whole week, and they cut it out on Sunday. They didn't even let it complete. You can't even get it on Redbox. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Kyrie will star in Space Jam too with uh with LeBron. Oh, LeBron's doing Space Jam. Yeah, yeah. So, anything else on the Celtics or any other team? I or am you, you good. I am good with that. I think this this was a good first foray. I must say it's a uh, yeah. Yeah, let's uh, let's see. I might have to go back and edit all your clips because you were screaming at me for so long. Oh, you got to scream! But uh, yeah, but at least yeah, but at least I moved away. So I could, so as I got louder, it, it didn't it didn't sound as. I'm, bad. I'm not the seasoned pro on, on the microphone <laughs> that you are. I'll get there. Uh, no, but uh, thank you for joining me. Thank you for for coming on and sharing your thoughts. Um, you can hear more from Bill. Well, actually, you can read more from Bill on. Uh, www.bostonsportssyndicate.com and if you head over there you can get to all of our other stuff we're going to have uh we're going to do live episodes on twitch we're going to have content on youtube we're going to we obviously have a twitter and instagram you can find it all from there we have a ton of articles uh there's a merch site we got some t-shirts and some sweatshirts available uh for purchase and you can find it all um on our website that's www.bostonsportssyndicate.com Thank you guys for listening. We'll catch you next time. Music for the Boston Sports Syndicate podcast was provided by Jay Kelly. To hear more from Jay, search the letter J.Kelly on iTunes or Spotify.